up in Naperville, Illinois. Naperville Central High School and a quarterback at Eastern Illinois gets his first win as head coach of the Broncos as booze rain down on the Bears. Fields played his heart out. Eberflus not kicking the field goal is something that needs an answer. Roller coaster of emotions in this game for Bears fans. Started out a little trepidatious earlier than Justin Fields played amazingly. But these last two drives left a lot to be desired. You see him disappointed, and it's tough. There's a lot of positives to take from it, but a hard loss for the Chicago Bears team. And this is our number two on 670, the score. Chuck Swirsky with you. We're talking Bears. We're talking the National Football League. And that uh, little clip courtesy of CBS. And, uh, wow, you know, how, how disappointing, huh? I'm still fed up. I'm still fed up. Really, unbelievable. Uh, anyway, we've got lines open at 312-644-6767. And, uh, again, 312-644-6767. We're live. We're not on tape. Okay. I know what you are, This Sean. is not a, not a national I'm show. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Thank you. <laughs> and a little bit later on, by the way, the Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank, and it's not a game, Illinois.com. And uh, we've got Mully and Haw. We've got uh, what's going on with um, Dustin Rhodes with a pregame show at 5 o'clock. We got the pick six. We got Ole Kruitz at seven. We got DJ Moore at 8 a.m., 9 o'clock. Brad Biggs and then Bernstein and Holmes and Rahimi. And they got Anthony Heron, Henry Burris, and Dan Weeder, and uh, more coming up with Parkinson Spiegel with Kurt Warner, Mark Grody, Jalen Johnson, and uh, boy, the Bears really miss Johnson today and Eddie Jackson. Anyway, we've got some calls. Let's go to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Jim from Wisconsin. Jim, thanks for your patience. I appreciate it. What would you do if you ran the Bears? Well, what i do is I would not fire the coach in, at this time of year. It's ridiculous. Um, I would wait until like December sometime if they're not doing anything, if it's doing really bad. They go out and look for a new coach. And one of the coaches, somebody I think would be great, would be Barry Alvarez. No. Well, no, because Wait I mean, he took the Badgers. He, this is in 1990. Yeah. I mean, Barry Alvarez right now is probably just chilling, having a nice beverage, watching football. You know, he, he's, he's not even the AD at Wisconsin anymore. Well, no, I, know I love that. Barry Alvarez. So I, I've, I've, I have followed Barry Alvarez's career when he was an assistant coach at Notre Dame. But I'm yeah. just telling you, no, 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 no. And I really don't want to get into, hey, the next head coach of the Bears should be because we, we've got a head coach. And it's well, really disrespectful to talk about another man's job when he's in a job. So well, all I mean, I'm, I'm saying is, the idea. well, I, I get it. But, I mean, you know, I want to fix what they can fix right now and because it's not working. Denver is a bad football team, okay? They are a bad football team. Russell Wilson is no longer an elite quarterback, and he made the Bears pay dearly in the second half. Denver's defense is atrocious, horrible. So it yep, just They were good last year. 
But well, I don't care what about last year. Yeah. I'm talking about this year, you know. But all I can tell you is, Jim, that it really bothered me big time. So, you know, the culture has got to change with this organization, period. Let's go to uh, Alan from Detroit on uh, 670, the score at 312-644-6767. This show is yours, folks. I am not the smartest guy in the room, okay? I rely on our fans and our audience on 670, the score to help me and figure out what we can do to get the Bears going. Alan from Detroit, what's going on? Uh, good evening, Chuck. Uh, enjoy the show. I was a fan of yours back on WJR back in the day here ah, in Detroit yes. in Michigan. I, 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 I'll tell you what, I thoroughly enjoyed my four years there and uh, you know, calling Michigan basketball and doing the pre-app and post for football and um, good times. Uh, living in that area was fantastic. But right now yeah. is now, and I'm worried about the Bears. Your Lions yeah. seem to have turned the corner here. Yeah, and I'm not calling to gloat at all, but, you know, you, you had said that, you know, it's disruptive and, you know, very hard to, to, to change course midseason, firing a coach midseason or early in a season. And I get that, and there's disruption. But as a Lions fan, you can you, – you can go through the list of coaches, Chuck, Marty Morningwag. Oh, so forth. tell me about I it. I think in retrospect, in retrospect, we would have wished that maybe we had changed course earlier than we did. Why? And Why? Well, I mean, uh, you fire a coach in season. Who in their right mind on a staff in the National Football League is going to allow one of their coordinators to leave in midseason to take over a club that he really doesn't know? And and if you like a college football coach, who's gonna who's gonna allow an athletic director or the the board of trustees to lose your college football coach in mid November, seriously, or even October? No one's gonna do that, right? I understand. You're not gonna get right. You're not gonna get a premier name no. back right away. No. I get that. Okay, good because everyone's clamoring for this guy, that guy. Do you honestly think? Let me throw this out. Do you honestly think if if you went to the University of Michigan, Ward Manuel's the athletic director, and said, "You know what? We'd like to bring Jim Harbaugh in next week." What do you think he's going to say? Are you out of your mind? Right. I agree with you. I, that that's a that's an example. That's a strong example. But I, if you look to what happened at Michigan State, not saying it's the same as Chicago and the Bears, but we know Harlan Barnett is the interim there. He's got a he's there to to make sure this thing doesn't sink totally underwater, and he does not seep into the permanent culture of the team or the or the program, so to speak. That's what I think that maybe the Bears fans think are, are really worried about that this becomes just such a bad, bad, you know, like a cancer almost is virus and it, and it just won't go away. And that you, if you make the change later on, it only delays the problem, makes it worse. Uh, I think that that's really, I mean, this perpetual losing, um, I, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it from afar here in Detroit, but it seems that Matt, Everflus does not have the locker room anymore. Is that fair to say? Is that? Well, is that I don't know. I'm not there. That, I don't yeah. cover the club. I, I so you know, I'm the last guy to talk about what what the state of the Bears clubhouse is or locker room because 
I'm not there, and I, I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. But I appreciate the call. Thank you. One line open, 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. And uh, John from Las Vegas. John, what's happening? Hi, Chuck. How are you? I'm not well. Right. I'm, I'm really not well. This has been and, really, really hard. Very hard. And I'm 65 years old, Chuck, so I know your pain. Yeah. I've gone through it. But here's the thing. It's, and I disagree with you. We are not four games into the season. We are 14 games into the season. And us Bear fans are sick and tired of a losing season every year. And you said, well, then what do we do about it? Now, what, what has been working in the past? Nothing. Nothing. So try something new. This guy has got to go, and he's got to go now. And you say, well, you don't do anything at the, in, in midseason. Well, maybe we should since nothing else is working. And let me tell you something, and this is my opinion, and I, and I, and I look to your expertise. Well, when I was mean, the last time? When, when's the last when time was, the Bears made an in-season coaching? I don't think they've never done it. And I'm not advocating yeah, and, that. And, I am telling it, you. Has, has, has anything that they've done worked so far? Well, but, but no. wait a minute. I mean, so, okay, let's say for, for your sake, let's say they do. Who on the staff would you name as a head coach of the Bears? Anybody. You don't have a Anybody. defensive no, coordinator. Wait, wait, your wait, offensive wait, wait, coordinator wait, is all staff, over the map. The You're not going to name Luke Getzey the head coach of the Bears? No, no. I mean, we can't even keep a defensive coordinator. But here's my question that I want to ask you. When was the last time? Because I don't know the answer. When was the last time a, a defensive coordinator who has turned head coach, when was the last time he's won the Super Bowl? The, I don't know the last The last defensive coordinator to win a Super Bowl. All right, well, yes. you know what? Off the top of my head – I, w- I want to think about that. I want to think I about that. Know. I mean, Bill Belichick was a defensive coordinator, and he w- he won a few Super Bowls. All right, all right. He's an exception to the rule. The the thing what I'm saying, do not hire a defensive coordinator to run the team because this guy is a defensive coordinator. He has no idea how to coach fields. None. And he has already proven that he cannot run a defense. So what does that tell you? This guy doesn't know how to run a football team. So now we, you can tell me we got to wait till the end of the season, get rid of him, get rid of him now, find somebody. And, and I'm, anybody can do better than what he's done. He's 0-14, Chuck. Now this got to stop. You've got to change, do something that you've never done before, which means you've got to fire your coach now. We Nothing else has worked, Chuck, so let's try that. Hmm. You say that nobody has ever uh, fired a head coach in midseason? Well, maybe we should. Maybe we should be the first one to do it. And let's see what happens, because whatever we're doing now, it's not working, Chuck. It's not working. 
So let's try something new. Fire him, put anybody, anybody can do a better job. He's 0-14, not 0-4, 0-14. He's proven he can't do the job. That's my opinion. All right, thank you. All right, so we've got lines open. I love the fans. I love our fans in Chicago and those of you listening around the North America and probably even online at 312-644-6767. You got the Odyssey app. You got 670 The Score at uh, 312-644-6767. You know what, Tyler? You can hear the pain right now of the Chicago Bears fan. Tyler Farringal is our producer on the other side of the window. And, you know, I, I think the fans have are just fed up. You know, I, they really are. And, and I wish I had the answers. If, if, if it was that easy where you could get rid of one person, then you could say, okay, but this goes way deeper than what, I mean, you can look at personnel. You can look at depth. You can look at, you know, from one week to the next, it's something else. One week, it's the quarterback. The next week, or several weeks, it's coaching. Then, what about the offensive line? Then the defensive line. Then it's the cornerbacks. I mean, you just, you're overwhelmed. You can go on and on and on, but it all leads back to one common thread. They can't find a way to win the game. And that's why I think everyone is so frustrated because even though, yes, everyone is right, we're all right about what is wrong with this team, if they won one game, Chuck, it doesn't even have to be in, you know, a, a butt-kicking fashion like they did against New England last year. If they won ugly like the Commanders did to them last year, that would be a huge weight off the city and the fans' shoulders because, wow, they finally won a football game for the first time in almost a year. I genuinely think that would make a lot of us feel better if the Bears finally win a football game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, just win one. Somehow, someway. I don't care if you win it on a fluke. I don't care if the other team is brutal. Like, obviously, you know, Denver's not going to win many football games. No, they and, should have had this one. Th- absolutely. If you look, I and I hate playing the shoulda, woulda, couldas, because you can say that about every team in the league. Oh, if we had made that third and one, you know, with with – 212 to go in the football game we could have iced you know you can make all the excuses in the world i'm not an excuse guy as a human being when i make a mistake i flat out own it i got flaws and i'm not i'm not willing to pass the buck on anyone or anything but you know what with the with the bears i i, I just i for the life of me tyler i just don't get it well, I, well, let me ask you this right here. You said you're you're a guy who, if you make a mistake, you're going to be honest. You're going to admit it. It seems like the Bears are making a lot of the same mistakes over and over and over again, and it seems like they're somewhat admitting into it, but do you think they need to be more transparent in admitting to what well, they're doing it, wrong it, here? It, what's your definition of transparent when it comes to sports? Because no one's transparent. I would say fully giving a definition of a breakdown of a certain play, a certain way that they're playing. And I don't think that Matt Eberflus or Luke Getzey is doing that properly in these press conferences. Okay, well, number one, a coach can't throw players under the bus, okay? Because once you do that, then you're in big, big trouble in that locker room, and then you will lose the locker room if you throw players under the bus. Now, having said that, there are ways... 
You can massage a response and be critical without making it personal. Once you make it personal and once you go after a player, then you've got to be very, very careful. Now, if a player is insubordinate or if a player is just not into the program, then you have the right to say, hey, you know what? We brought this guy in. We thought he was going to help us. We were disappointed that it turned south. And then you cut your losses. I am a big believer. I don't care if you had to give up two number ones. I don't care whatever the case may be in sports. If you make a mistake, own it and move on. We're human beings. Everybody, every GM in life, okay, this is not scientific, okay? It's unscientific. You you go in with the best intentions for a draft pick or a trade, whatever. You're going to make mistakes somewhere along the line. The key is not to make a lot of mistakes or else you're going to be unemployed. But, I mean, you can have the finest general managers ever in sports. In basketball, if you want Red Arbach or Jerry West or any other general manager in sports, Danny Ainge over the last probably 15 years, excellent GM when he was with Boston and now with Utah. These guys are going to make mistakes. They're human, okay? Football, GMs, you can have the greatest players you know, be drafted by your team. Sooner or later, the well's going to run dry. You're going to start looking at players in the drafts and say, boy, you know what? We really, you know, we brought in this free agent. It didn't happen. On and on and on. So I get that. All I'm saying is that with the Bears right now, they've got so many issues. I don't know where they start, really. I would, for me personally, Chuck, I would say defensive line because, I mean, I know, I'm just saying this from what I see. I know Jalen Carter wouldn't be like the end-all, be-all, the D-line solve, but you pick him up, I think he would solve a little bit of your pressure problem. The lack of a pass rush, the lack of stopping okay, the run. I, he I made a lot of impact because, plays for Philly uh, this year. Okay, I, I get it. But don't you think Philly's locker room is a little different than the Bears' locker room? Oh, and, no question. Uh, okay, so let's say, and I don't know what, what went into the intel on Carter. Okay, I don't, other than what I read. Okay. Yeah, the off the field stuff. Yes, I get it. But but all I'm saying is you bring in a player with all that intel and you're looking at your locker room, not Philly's locker room, not Tampa's locker room, not anyone else's, but your locker room. And you're saying, how does this player fit in our locker room with the culture that we're developing? Are there players in our locker room? who can handle a kid like this and help him, nurture him, take him by literally and figuratively by the hand and say, here's the right way and the wrong way, and I'm here for you. Who is that right now? It seems like it's lacking in a big way, and I I think you pretty much just answered the question. It pretty much seems like Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles in more particular, said, you know what? It's not a locker room fit, and that's that's why they didn't pick him up because ultimately the D-line is the biggest weakness, in my opinion, on the team, and if they didn't pick him up for those reasons, then it's not a culture fit. It's not a locker room fit. Okay. Done. Thank you. All right, do we have to take a break, and then we'll uh, come back. 
6767. It's a 123 in the morning, a Monday morning. Uh, you got to love it. New month. Grind it out. You got to be fired up. You got to be positive. But on a day like this, another Bears loss. And that's why we're here on 670 The Score. We love you. We're, this is a live show. So if you just turned on the radio, you're coming back from a shift. Maybe you're going to a shift. Maybe you can't sleep and you're listening to the radio. We welcome you. This is Chuck Swirsky. Tyler Farringal is our producer. We'll have more coming up next on the Bears, the National Football League. You want to talk Cubs or Sox? We'll do that too. Bulls Media Day is today, and then they leave for Nashville. A little bonding for the Bulls. And the Bulls and the Bucks in preseason game number one of five. And we're broadcasting two preseason games, uh, one in Milwaukee and the other at the United Center against the Raptors. But Sunday, 11.45 pregame, right here on 670 The Score against the new look Bucks with uh, Damian Lillard. Wow, what a pickup, huh? Blockbuster deal because they've got to win now. That window is closing. And, of course, Giannis applying the pressure, saying, hey, you know, if you don't get some players here, I'm bolting. And that that would not be a good situation for the Bucks to say the least. But Lillard can fill it up. You got Lillard, you got Middleton, you got Giannis. I mean, my goodness. All right, enough of that. We're going to talk Bears. We'll talk NFL at 312-644-6767. First and goal for the Bears, trying to add to their lead. Play fake. Fields rolling right. He's going to turn it up, or is he going to throw it? He does! Touchdown! Number two for Cole Komet! And welcome back. Chuck Swirsky with you. 670, the score. We're talking Bears. We're talking about the National Football League at 1.30 in the morning. We're live on the air until 5 o'clock. That's right. 5 a.m., and then we'll turn it over to uh, Dustin Rhodes with a pregame show, and then uh, the pick six, Mully and Hall at 5.30, and we got uh, Ole Kroots, we got DJ Moore, we got Brad Biggs at 7, 8, and 9, respectively, and this Wednesday, join 670 The Score at the Circa Sportsbook grand opening from the American Place Casino in Waukegan. Bernstein Holmes and Parkinson Spiegel will broadcast their shows Live from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., the Circa Sports Illinois mobile app has officially launched. So when you download the app, you can bet and fund from anywhere in the great state of Illinois. I wonder what Abe Lincoln would think about the Bears. Honest Abe. The Bears are brutal. Well, thank you, Abe. Four score, not seven, but five years ago, there was a time where maybe they could win a Super Bowl. Not now. Well, so so you're saying that Abe would say four score, so the Bears would score four TDs. I'm I'm with Abe on that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and give up less than fourteen too because that defense was so good back in 2018. So then, then Abe, the Gettysburg Address, where you could say, "I need to talk about the Chicago Bears." 
the Bears. What are we going to do in this country for the Bears? Does anyone have anything we can add to that? Um, so let's go to the phone lines at 312-644-6767. Cole Komet, by the way, uh, seven receptions, 85 yards, couple of scores. And, uh, you know, again, first year of a big, fat contract. And I'm glad he got it. Great representative by the Bears, a huge Cole Komet fan. And uh, on the uh, pregame show on Channel 32 at Lou Canellis and Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, um, and uh, Jeff did a great one-on-one interview with uh, Cole Komet. So let's go to uh, Ron from San Diego. Ron, what's happening? You're on 670 The Score. Hey, Chuck. Uh, big fan. Uh, been out in San Diego about 30 years. It's nice to hear a familiar voice on the radio tonight. Thank you. Uh, tonight, so, tonight and uh, hey, so, a little earlier. I, I know you want to talk about the Bears. Can I ask you a question, though, about what's going on in San Diego regarding the sports climate? Because I know the Padres sure. were awful, awful, underachieving, just a bad, bad story this year. Very similar, probably not as bad as the White Sox storyline, but still, nonetheless, big payroll, bad story with baseball in San Diego. Do Does do, do San Diego miss the Chargers or not really? I, I think I miss the Chargers. I was a season ticket holder the last year the Chargers were in town. Um, so yeah, I think we, we miss them. We only have one sports team left here, the Padres. So it's, and they were a huge disappointment this year, but it was, it's nice to see them, uh, you know, building that roster up. I mean, you know, on paper, they should have been loaded. Uh, it's amazing. They couldn't, uh, win more games with those bats. Yep. All right. Well, I just wanted to get your feel on that. So thank you. Now, wait, are, are you a Bears fan in San Diego? Yeah, I'm still a longtime Bears fan. I listen to the radio uh, the game on the radio today, and a huge, I mean, disappointment. I, I thought the Bears could get this win today, the way Fields started out so hot, you know, um, and then to lose that game. I mean, I think they had to try to kick that field goal at the end of the game to take the lead. Yeah. You know, I think that, uh, and I think that, you know, that was a huge mistake, and I really think that uh, that uh, head coach should be fired. I think you got to replace him, and I think I, I agree with you, Chuck. I mean, it's unbelievable that we have no defensive coordinator. I mean, no other team is, has a head coach and no D.C. So, I mean, there's no one to replace him with internally. So I thought maybe uh, Leslie Frazier is available. I thought he took a year off with Buffalo. Uh, I, I would hire him and, you know, give him a five-year deal and make him a head coach, you know, permanently. Or I thought maybe uh, Mike Singletary just to kind of come in and ready the ship. Yeah, again, it, it's very, very difficult to do that in season. Um, and I am not a big proponent on hiring a, a full-time head coach in season. I think you have to decompress a little bit and look at your roster and look at the candidates. I don't know, how, yeah, I don't know how it gets any better with that, the but, Bears, right? You know? but, but the NFL is a, is a completely different beast altogether. This isn't in the NBA or in the NHL, where your assistant just slides over and takes over. Um, well, I mean, I mean some, co- some teams you could do. I mean, like, uh, like Dan Quinn is a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, right? I mean, I mean, was the D coordinator for the Bears, was he the lowest paid defensive coordinator I, I, I in, am, in the league? I have no I mean, idea. Sick, no you know? idea. I mean, he was a defensive Wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. Coach, what, right? what, is, what does money have to do with things? Just because the guy's well, making X number of dollars and another guy's Y Y number of dollars, what I'm talking about the skill set and the substance of a coach. And so I don't I, care I, how yeah, much right. money but they these make. Guys were, 
I don't they care how much money elevated, they made. Right? They all were elevated. They were first time in their position. Okay. Right? All of them. Right. So, I mean, you know, you can argue. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you never know how it's going to work out. Right. Um, there are experienced guys like Sean Payton, you know, is having trouble uh, with Denver. Right. But I think, you know, you went with, you know, a completely inexperienced uh, coaching staff. Right. Uh, ever, you know, um, defensive coordinator was promoted up from a like a DB coach. And now, now he's gone, and you have Everflus, you know, trying to take that role on. I mean, you can't do that. You can you can't do that for the next ten games. Have him being the defensive coordinator. I mean, that's terrible, Chuck. Well, what I'd like to know, and you know what, Tyler, maybe we can uh, do this before we leave the air at five. And if not, maybe Mullen Hall. I wonder how many head coaches in the National Football League call their own defensive plays, because you know, in some cases. Like Mike McDaniel from uh, Miami, right? He calls the offensive schemes. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. right. And so, Andy Reid and a lot and Andy Reed, more call offense, I think, right? Yeah, I, I'm wondering if there are any head coaches in the NFL. And again, this was a different situation. It's not like Eberflus, you know, ran the defense from day one. Did he have a lot of input? Absolutely. But he had a coordinator, and that coordinator is no longer here. So I, I think that coordinator right from week in, you know, practice week and stuff like that. I mean, this short week now with no defensive coordinator. I mean, I think that's ridiculous to try and think that you can get away with that. Right. And, and like, you know, and is the plan to, you know, go empty in that position all season long. You know, I, that would be interesting to know. Okay. So let me ask you a question. What would you do right now? If you could knowing that they've got a game Thursday, so you probably want to wait until after Thursday. But what's the first thing you would do if you ran the Bears? Is, is I, I think r- right now, I mean, you go, you play this game Thursday, you know, uh, you, if you have a loss, I think you, you fire the head coach in, in that week off. And, I mean, you look to see, like, I mean, if you can get Mike Singletary, I don't know, you pay him some money to come in, right? You know, it's going to be tough to do. You're probably not going to win a lot of games. Well, you're not going to win a lot of games, I think, with Everflus either. So I would just kind of cut that tie and just try and, uh, you know, try and uh, move forward. It would, be, it would make no sense to keep that guy around who, for the remainder but, but of the if year, you do in my that, opinion. If you do that, who on the staff would you make a head coach? If you Nobody don't go the outside staff, right? the organization. You're, you're absolutely right. Not on, not on this staff, right? Okay, thank you. Yes, yeah, very right. good. Thank you. Appreciate the call. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. And um, let me see if I've got uh, some information. This is good stuff here that I'm breaking down. Justin Fields Day. Um, this is Zach uh, Pearson, who for the BearsReport.com. And Tyler, listen to some of the numbers on uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields was 23 of 24 for 285 yards, four touchdowns after three quarters. Okay. 23 of 24. I, I believe he set the Bears record for 16 straight completions, right? Okay. He, so after three quarters, 23 of 24, 285, four touchdowns and three quarters. Unbelievable. In the fourth quarter, he went 5 of 11 for 50 yards, a fumble that was returned for a touchdown and a pick. So how do you grade his day? 
Seriously, how do you grade Justin Fields' day? Let's go back to the phone lines. Lamont from Chicago. I'm glad you called. 670 to the score. This is your forum. You can vent. You can go off. But how would you judge Justin Fields' day? Are you there, Lamont? Lamont, are you there? Hello. Yes. Yes, yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, yes. Justin Fields is a superstar just waiting to break out. He's a superstar. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, waiting to break out. Waiting to break out. Okay. But where we lo- can I say this? Nobody talks about this. Where we lost the game, we lost the game because we at, at we we in the two minute drill we had two minutes and thirty I don't know how many we had three timeouts and and this coach just we didn't we should have been aggressive to try to get a field goal but we the clock just ran out. Well, again, I'm not, I'm not, we took, listen, I'm not ready to put Justin Fields as a superstar. I I mean, I I think, I think he has an enormous amount of talent. It's it's my opinion. If you put him under the right person, Hey man, this guy that's coaching our team, I want to say another word, but this staff is, uh, they wuss, they're, they're wuss. They, they, I can say something else, but we're on the radio. But yes, they you. don't have the mentality to, to, to when you, when you, it's like a boxing match. If you get somebody on the ropes, you knock them out. You don't go into halftime with three timeouts with two minutes and thirty seconds left on the clock. That's how all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. No, I'm, I really do. And you know, but, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting a lot of texts, and people are or texting me and they're saying, but Chuck, you're missing the big picture. If the draft was today, the Bears get the first pick and the second pick, so let's just tank. I'm tired of tanking. I'm tired of that mentality. You can't you can't run an organization to lose games. You need to win games. That's why we compete in the National Football League. Right, Herm Edwards? Yes. Hello, you play to win the game. Thank you. So, I mean, if they get the first pick or the first two out of, you know, three, top three or four, that's one thing. You got to win, you got to win ball games. Thank you. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. Sean from Chicago on 670 The Score. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yes. Hey, uh, you know what? I got to tell you, these, he is a defensive coach, okay? I don't say get rid of anybody. We have this team. We're Chicago strong. We keep the team. We need to bring in somebody to coach our head coach because he doesn't know how to be a head coach yet. He hasn't been there before. He needs to be taught, just like all the players need to be taught. Keep Have somebody come in tomorrow, teach him how to hold – his coaches responsible for doing their jobs. Okay, so so you think the the obvious situation with this club is not personnel, but with coaching. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm telling so, you this. This is just my opinion. And again, I'm just Joe Bag of Donuts watching a football game on TV, like you, like millions of others in Chicago. I I I think that. 
the Bears right now, they they are poorly executing plays. The decisions they make during a game are head-scratching. Um, you know, again, you've got a fourth and a half yard, and if you want to go for it, okay, fine. You decide to do that. I would not have done that, but the, the coach was convinced the way his offense was running that they could do it, but the play itself you have to question. I mean, you've got – everyone knew that Herbert was going to get the football, okay? And perhaps, you know, on the play that, uh, you know, the Bears' number one pick, who's on the uh, offensive line, the kid out of Tennessee, Darnell Wright, and, um, you know, he obviously, to me, he, he, he missed his assignment. So – Having said that, I still would have kicked the field goal, period. Exactly. And if they had a secondary head coach or somebody that can coach him to say, hey, don't do that. That's a bad idea. Someone well, to make him think twice about what he's doing so he don't make the bad decision. All right, so what you're saying is the Bears need to hire a coaching consultant. Basically. And mm-hmm. then he can be held responsible and – well, he can sit down and have meetings with his coaches and tell them what they're missing in their lineup yeah, and I, what I, they need I'm, to do better. Yeah, see, I mean, if you're going to do that, then they should just bring in a new coach because I'm not really big on consultants. I think you've got a GM, you've got player pers- personnel people, you've got how many assistant coaches on a team? Tons. I mean, what are you going to do, add, add another voice? I mean, I'm sure he – I'm sure every head coach – has guys uh, that they go to for assistance that aren't even connected with your own organization. He could have somebody right now in the NFL or former coach in the NFL or a former personnel guy that he picks the brain with when he picks up the phone. And I'm sure he's doing that. All coaches do it. But I I just thought today's game plan uh, down the stretch was horrendous. It was really, really bad. I mean, and it's just not on the coach. It's on the players. I mean, it was – Yeah, you know, he, the, the, they did not – the second half, they just laid back. They tried to take it easy and waste the clock, and they well, should have just been well, balls out trying to score every drive. I, I, I mean, it, it, you know, it comes down to, you know, intentional grounding, then you throw the pick, and he thought Komet was going to, you know uh, – Quote, you know, just play football. Komet was doing his job the way he's coached him to uh, go on the route. I mean, it's just one thing after another. It's just crazy. Thank you for the call. 312-644-6767. Let's go to uh, Tyler. Let's go to our next call, Don from Oak Park. Don, you're on 670 The Score. Don, are you with us? I'm here, Chuck. How you doing? Good, thank you. Okay. Well, Chuck, a um, couple quick points I want to make. First of all, this coaching thing, coaches are so overrated. These players have been playing football their whole life. What's a coach going to do? Either you can play the game or you can't. They can give you – who needs to tell you that you your steps are wrong or, or – I mean, You've been told this your whole life. So all this coaching thing is overrated. The truth of the matter is the cream rises to the top. 
Denver's no good. What Justin Fields did, he could have did that with any of the teams that he played, that the Bears have played so far. He just happened to play a team that's terrible defensively. Some of the things that they got away with today, they wouldn't have gotten away with that with a team with a halfway decent defense. So let's not get our heads too far in front of our skis about Justin because he's still the same Justin Fields he was last week. And it'll be proven Thursday when they lose in Washington. They're not gonna they're not gonna beat Washington. They have a far better defense than Denver. The Bears are in trouble. It's just that simple. They just don't have enough talent to compete in the National Football League. This isn't rocket science. Firing a coach now is not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. Let these guys play out the rest of the season. They're all inexperienced. Nobody there knows what they're doing. Even Flus, he's a first-time coach. Getz, he's a first-time offensive coordinator. I mean, their GM, he's a first-time GM. And Justin Fields is a first-time third-year quarterback. It, it's it's going to be what it is. It's just it is what it is. They're not any good right now. Will they get better? Only time will tell. Uh, yeah, and only time will tell. But you you've already seen the early sample size, and it's not it's not impressive at all. No, not at all. Not. But I I don't even expect it. See. When, I'm not expecting, but don't you? But don't you expect to see some type of growth? I mean, I listen. I'm over exuberant. I thought this club was going to win nine, ten games. I thought they were going to have a breakout and say, "Okay, things are kind of okay." I, I get it. You know, I was wrong, and I am wrong. I, I admit, yeah. I own it. You know what? I overestimated and valued the talent on this club, and well, you know their defensive line not good. And they don't have no, enough depth terrible. to overcome uh, certain injuries. And I'm, but I'm still waiting for Justin Fields to turn the corner. Well, here's the thing: he may not ever turn the corner. That that's the whole point. The whole point of the thing is you have to evaluate things. I mean, this team is on a 14 game losing streak. It's 14 games. Who does that in the National Football League? I mean, you think you could win a game by accident? But the, the point I'm trying to tell you is nobody there in the whole organization knows what they're doing. There's no experience there whatsoever. I'm not surprised at any of these results. In fact, when the score was 28-7, to 7, a buddy of mine texted me. He says, boy, we're looking super good today. And I told him, just hold on. Football is a 60-minute game. Yeah, the Bears were, they were up in the third quarter. But you still got the fourth quarter. And and bad teams find ways to lose. They don't find ways to win. I agree with that. You're you're an excellent caller. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. So Derek from Sacramento. Derek, how you doing? So Derek, I got some questions for you and then you can go off, all right? Uh but I got a question for you. You ready? So we, I'm ready. Okay, so we just gave some stats on Justin Fields. First three quarters, like lights out. The guy was unbelievable. Fourth quarter, brutal, absolutely brutal. How would you grade Justin Fields today? He said he still cannot read past the first and, and, and second options. What you saw today was him finally 
deciding to go to the flat and actually pick up somebody in the flat or pick up somebody, his third, his third options. But this is something that he wasn't able to do in the first place. So what you saw today was was, was a joke because he he's not able to do it on a consistent basis. When it's time to win the game, he couldn't do it at all. He couldn't do it at all. Justin Fields is not ready to go to the next to the next option. So you're not he, sold he, on he just, him, or uh, I mean, uh, see, to me, the jury is still out. I'm not ready to peddle him. I'm not ready to trade him. Having said that, if the Bears get the number one pick, I go for Caleb Williams at his Southern Cal. Okay, simple as that. If the Bears get the number one pick, number two, three, four, or five pick, you go for a quarterback that's not him. He can't read. He can't read. He he, he cannot read past the first option, and 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 we don't have time to afford having him to uh, go past another another year. And and the and the bad part about this is that I actually think that Luke Getzey is as a, is a is, is can be a decent quarterback, you know, quarterback coach. And we have a person on the on the bench, agent that actually reads better than 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 uh, than than Fields does at this at this moment right now. But we have to actually ride you know ride the waves and actually find out what we have in Fields. But when it's, when it's all said and done, he, he's he's not he's not the he's not the quarterback for the uh, for the Chicago Bears. All right, at all. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Leaving two lines open now at 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. Again, uh, come up with seven receptions today, 85 yards, a couple of scores. DJ Moore, eight receptions, 131 with one TD. Longest, however, reception was only nine yards. Mooney with four balls for 51 yards. Fields got sacked four times. And, of course, threw one interception and uh, fumbled the ball that led to a touchdown for the Broncos. And uh, Russell Wilson sacked only once. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler, I think the Bears, through four games, have collected only two sacks. You would be correct. Bad stat. Yeah. And what does that tell you? D-line. Is horrible. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, in the National Football League, but we can we can do all we want about you know the, you have to have quote unquote skill positions, which I've never understood in my life. When people, uh, you know, attribute skill positions to wide receivers or running backs or a quarterback, whatever, especially on wide receivers, because they have to be fast, they have to be athletic. Well, I'll tell you what, line play to me is the key. If you've got a really good offensive line, it will really help an average to just an above-average quarterback where you can get away with doing some stuff and where the quarterback plays it safe and doesn't allow mistakes to beat you because your offensive line is in sync and they're good. And so you also have to take into account that the D-line, if you can't apply pressure on your quarterback and you can't get to the quarterback or you can't change the direction that a quarterback wants to throw the football to, you are in big, big trouble. 
and the Bears are on the wrong end of the stick for both. They uh, are really struggling to protect fields, and they are really, really struggling to put any pressure on the opposing quarterback. Yep. Uh, 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. Uh, do we have to take a break now, or do you want to uh, go to some calls? We could go to break here. Okay. Again, if you want to talk, we'll we'll talk Bears NFL. If you want to hop on and talk Cubs, Sox, Bulls, whatever is on your mind, or about other games than the NFL, we'll we'll you know take that into account as well. I'm just letting you know right now, the foundation of this show is this is about you. This isn't about me. It's not about as much as I love our producer, Tyler Farringle. This is about you on the phone lines. And we're going to do this again after the Bears-Washington game. And so when the commanders, you the, the, the line I just read, commanders are favored by what? Two and a half, three points, I think, right? Yeah, it's a close line right now. Okay. Well, as soon as... As soon as um, we're going to take the break, we'll come back, more calls. And again, we'll talk baseball. We'll talk basketball. It's media day today for the Bulls. Then they leave for Nashville. And first preseason game of Sunday, 11.45 pregame, right here on 670, the score. And then you've got Major League Baseball with the wild card situation. The Cubs, obviously, their season is over. The White Sox lost 101 ball games. 101, Tyler. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, standings right now in MLB, and I'm still looking at the White Sox with 101 losses. It's abysmal, to say the least. And I wanted to update you a little bit, Chuck. The line right now is actually minus six oh. in favor of Washington, and the over-under is 45. I would say the over would probably hit because Bears defense is bad. Washington showed the capability to score. I'd say it's a high-scoring game than last year's 12-9 to Thursday night game. I, I agree. I agree. So the line is down, what, six you said, six and a half? Uh, yes, yeah, six in favor of Washington. Six in favor of Washington. Well, that's probably right, don't you think? I, I you know, I mean, well, the again, I don't bet, and I'm not, I, I, I don't bet I've never gambled in my life, but I mean, in terms of the line, okay. All right. So that's, uh, that's the latest six-point favorite for Washington. All right, uh, back with more in a moment. We're going to take your calls, 312-644-6767. How would you grade Justin Fields today? What do you think of Matt Eberflus and his decision to go for it on fourth down? I want to hear from you. Chuck Swirsky, 670 The Score.